Friday, Friday, Galaxy on Monday. Hallelujah, Hallelujah! It's Friday. The weekend's here, and we'll have a kid of me. We'll relax. Hallelujah, Hallelujah! And take off our slacks. Hallelujah, Hallelujah! And sit around the house in our rotten underwear. Hallelujah. On November 12th at Flying Ace Farm in Lovettsville, Virginia, the Chad Duke Show will be hosting the Son of a Santa Double Oaked Bourbon Release Party, including a Thanksgiving dinner buffet, a live podcast, prizes, special guests, and much more. Save the date, everyone. November 12th at Flying Ace Farm. host name is Chad Dukes. And I am burdened with glorious purpose. It's the Chad Dukes Radio Show. It's not Free FM. So give Chad a call. Here's the number. 385-645-5375. It's Miller time. What is that now? Twelve hands in a row? Dukes, you son of a bitch. Nobody's that lucky. Now here's your host, the big silly. Chad Dukes. Charlie Holt. Alpha, Delta, yeah, Dukes, dig it! There but for the grace of God, kill me. It's a chat to show. It's a chat to show. Football Friday. Yes, yes, indeed. I haven't done one of these in a minute. I think last time I did it, Tor actually wanted to be involved, but um, I asked him if he wanted to be involved today. And uh, no, actually, I asked him. He thought I meant Thursday, and he made up a bunch of excuses. And I said, no, it's Friday, and then he made up a bunch of excuses. So all you get is shoot today. That is right. We will. I mean, we're going to get right in the guts of it. So excited to be here. If you are listening, that means you subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. And you get the free episodes. God bless you. Appreciate that. But that literally does jack dick for me. If you would like to subscribe to the actual show, go to chaddukeshow.com. I know you say, well, dude, you're charging $12. Oh, my God. It's so expensive. Think about how much HBO Max. Listen. If, if you go, I don't want to sit here and make this goddamn comparison, but I know your fat ass goes to five guys as mine does. I think now that I've said it, I'm going to go to five guys as soon as I'm done here today. It's $17 if you get lunch at five guys now. We both know that you and I could stand to do with one less five guys meal a month. All right. That's all I'm saying. And that would cover so many shows. We had some barn burners this week. Last week, we had a three-hour episode. This week, we had a two-hour episode. Uh, we did the fastest hour on radio with my buddy Loud Goat. Uh, we've just had a lot of a lot of fun stuff recently. I think you like the show, even if you just try it out for a month or so. Uh, so consider that. Go to uh, chaddukeshow.com, and you can get more of um, well, more of this, and even, even better stuff than this, if you can believe it. You should see me when I'm sitting around with a, a gang of hooligans, when I have a... Uh, a gaggle of mouth breathers in the studio. We have a shitload of fun. Anyway, uh, big show for you today. Paul White size show. Uh, we are broadcasting live from the Fortress of Solid Dudes in beautiful downtown Old Town, Fairfax, Virginia, at the courtesy and behest of Monk's Barbecue. Monk's down there slanging and banging on the Outer Banks, fishing his ass off. I saw he caught a shark yesterday. Very, very impressive. And of course, Monk's Barbecue in Percival, best barbecue in the entire state, not just Northern Virginia. The state 
of Virginia. There's a couple decent spots out there. They all pale in comparison to Monk's. Please to be pre-ordering your turkeys and your hams and all of the delicious sides that Monk's Barbecue offers for Thanksgiving. And speaking of that, I better see some of you sons of guns out November 12th at Flying Ace Farm. We're doing our Son of a Santa Double O Christmas Bourbon release. That's right. The Chad Duke Show has a Christmas bourbon, and we're releasing it on the 12th at Flying Ace Farm. Details on at Chad Duke's show, Instagram, and Facebook. Free events. Uh, We're going to have all types of fun stuff. Thanksgiving buffet provided by monks. Uh, We're going to have um, a live broadcast. We're releasing our latest CD, the Chad Dukes Show soundtrack with all the beautiful songs you hear on the show. We're going to have a glassware release, all types of fun stuff. And uh, just announce the Joe Soup NBA 99, excuse me, NBA Jam 99 Invitational on the Nintendo 64. That's right. We're going to have an NBA Jam 99 tournament hosted by Joe Soup out there at Flying Ace Farm. Your chance to win an arcade one-up countercade NBA Jam unit. Those things are super cool. I've given them a bunch away on uh, Chad Duke Show Gaming. Uh, I'm footing the bill for that. So, um, yeah, we're going to have that tournament going on as well as a live episode and uh, delicious food and the beverages. We're going to have some uh, custom cocktails drawn up for the event. It's going to be great. November 12th, Flying Ace Farm. Be out there. Buy yourself a couple of Christmas bourbon bottles. They're going to make amazing gifts. Even if you have relatives and friends that think I'm a putrid asshole or have no idea who I am, I assume that is the majority. Okay, uh, real quick, I also need to say this to subscribers. No hoot nanny tonight. I think I said earlier in the week there would be a hoot nanny. No hoot nanny tonight. Maybe next week. Maybe next week. We'll do a hoot in the near future, but uh, I spoke out of turn, so no nanny tonight. We are going to have some uh, beautiful guests on the show today. Matthew Collar will join us, one of my favorite people to talk football with. Covers the Vikings for Purple Insider, purpleinsider.com. Of course, the Vikings are one of those teams that were involved in that bat-ass-crazy trade deadline. Felt like an NBA trade deadline. Uh, superstars just going all over the place. And, of course, the... Um, Minnesota Vikings are sitting there. What are they? Six and one sitting at the top of that division. You got the Packers playing the Lions this week. Uh, if, the, if the Packers somehow figure out a way to lose the Lions, that division's probably cinched up. Uh, Matthew is a, he's a touch sardonic and I would say very realistic. So he'll let us know if the Vikings are for real. But certainly they think they're for real as they went out there and traded for TJ Hawkinson, which uh, is a massive upgraded tight end. So you think about, my God, Adam Thielen and uh, Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook. My God. Kirk Cousins sitting in the cockpit of a Maserati. Do you think Aaron Rodgers, because that's the big story, right? I'm going to ask uh, Matthew Collar about this, but Aaron Rodgers sitting there looking over at Minnesota saying that jerk off has all of those weapons. I mean, I know everyone blames Aaron Rodgers' contract for this whole situation, but. Wasn't Kirk Cousins the top player in the NFL for a cup of coffee as well? It's not like he's making minimum wage, so I don't know. Vikings going all in on that team. The Packers continue to just take a big steaming pile of diarrhea in the middle of the field. Um, And our buddy um, Ryan O'Halloran will be on the show, formerly of the Washington Times. And I believe he migrated south to cover the Jaguars. Think about poor Ryan. He went from the Washington Redskins to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oof. And then out to the Denver Broncos, where you'd say, well, that's not too bad. But think about the Broncos of the past couple years. And now with the gong show, Broncos country, let's ride, weirdo. 
Um, and then finally, he he makes he, he takes his egress and he goes up to a real football town and a real football team, uh, Buffalo, New York. He writes for the Buffalo News. So Buffalo, another team that was involved in the trade deadline, trying to make themselves better. It is quizzical. Some of the teams that didn't, notably the Tennessee Titans. Far be it for me to question the front office and the coaching staff. They've put forth a quality product. They won 12, 13 games last year. They win the division every year, sweep the Colts every year. Whew. I'm looking at them wide receivers. Okay. Robert Woods, Westbrook Akiney. Who else? What are we, what are we going in here with? Whew. Man. The Chicago Bears, who have been doing nothing, but trading off pieces, hand over fist. Khalil Mack gone. We saw what they did the past week. I mean, they're trading off some of the best pieces, defensive pieces, in the league. Roquan Smith is a raven. Be interesting to see if they can give him a new contract. Robert Quinn, of course, goes to the Eagles. Those are teams that are betting on themselves. Baltimore, we're going to win this division. Let's go out and get ourselves a middle linebacker. All right, we're already playing some kick-ass defense, but let's go ahead and give up a fourth-round pick, bring in a guy even though we're 6-0. and I know he's 32, but that's a guy, if he is on a defense with talent around him, can do some eating. I don't know. 49ers go out and give up a fucking bevy of picks, F them picks type of a package for Christian McCaffrey. Either you're going all in or you're not. The ramification of this league. How'd your team do? And by the way, why is Alvin Kamara still a saint? Can we talk about that? Why is Brandon Cooks still in Houston? If Calvin Ridley can get traded, who is suspended for an entire season. Are you people delusional? And, and make no mistake, I love what the Bears did. Love what the Bears did. You, you're not... You're not going to be competitive this year from a playoff standpoint. Doesn't mean that Justin Fields isn't getting – we talked about this on the show this week. We talked about this on Monday. Justin Fields is getting better every week. The more he runs, the better he gets as a quarterback. Go out and get him a young wide receiver. We've got the most cap space in the history of the league. Lock that guy down. We're not – all of these other defensive players, I realize that on paper it looks like it's a fire sale. But next year, we're going to be able to make an impact. And we have to draft well. We have to spend this money well. But the biggest piece of the puzzle in the NFL, and I'm, I'm not telling you guys anything you don't already know, is having that rookie quarterback playing on a rookie contract, excuse me, that's progressing and starting to play well, and you haven't had to give him the Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, type deal yet and then god forbid you don't mind paying those guys except for wilson this year of course but those guys at least you know all right we got an mvp caliber dude what if you go out and give jared goff the pile what if you go out and give jimmy garoppolo the pile and let me ask you this question are the san francisco 49ers the third best team in the nfc are they the second best team in the nfc I know what the record stipulates, but I got the Eagles, I got the Cowboys, then what? What do you have confidence in? Geno and the Seahawks? Okay. I don't want to discount wins. It's a nice story, but if, if you have those weapons and they are healthy, 
and you have Kyle Shanahan. Look at those road wins last year in the postseason. We'll get to it. We'll get to all that. All of that is coming up on the show. I'll talk with my guests about all that fun stuff. Uh, last night's game, if you're listening to this on Friday, um, the Houston Texans, they played a really solid good half of football. They really did. And uh, I, I think Lovey Smith does a good job doing what he can. Everybody gave him shit when he played for the tie earlier in the season. I think he knows. I think he knows why he's there. I think he knows what that team is, what it isn't. And those guys come out and they're ready to play. They're not as talented, and they're not as deep, and they're not as capable, but they're not just going to go out there and stick their butts up in the air. The Philadelphia Eagles, they, they look like they fell asleep for about a, two and a half quarters. And what my argument is going to be is, you haven't earned that right yet. You're, you're not the Kansas City Chiefs. They had that reputation. Andy Reid's team had that reputation for a couple of years. Ah, we'll just get what was it? What was that fucking? Was it the Texans that were up like 24 points on them in the divisional round? They clawed back out. And ever since then, that's kind of been their MO. You haven't earned that yet. You're you're impressive. You're probably the best team in the conference. And you were right about your coach, and you were right about your quarterback. And I questioned both both, both of those things. Back when I still had a radio show, I remember questioning both those things. Not this year. But but here's what I can tell you. Is that you played one of the worst teams in the league and you fucked around and found out for about a quarter, for about two and a half quarters. You gave up about a buck eighty on the on the ground, by the way, to a one dimensional team and along that quarterback. Um I don't know. I, I think the Eagles, I look at their schedule. They have to play Dallas again this time with Dak Prescott. That'll be it. That'll probably be for the NFC, but it, there are teams out there that are mediocre that could screw around and win a football game if you're just going to fall asleep because you're undefeated and you're the Eagles and the NFC stinks. There's a little bit of that last night that I saw. Uh, quick plug. Eh, it's a free episode, right? I'm not going to plug that. I can plug this. Uh, if you would like to go to Commonwealth Dry Goods this weekend, I will be hanging out on Saturday. We have our Chad Dukes show Thanksgiving football, Commonwealth Dry Goods. Well, actually, no, it's, it's not for the shop. It's for the show. It's a Chad Duke show. Thanksgiving hooded sweatshirt is what it is. And uh, if you are a double XL, you're in luck. We've got 7 billion double XLs. So uh, those are available at the shop, Commonwealth Dry Goods in Old Town Fairfax. I'll be working there on Saturday, 12 to 5. If you'd like to come on by, pick yourself up one, have yourself a nice cold cheer wine. Always appreciate the people that support the small business. So that will be – oh, also – Brand new Christmas candles are in. Son of a Krampus Christmas candles. They are smoked bourbon scented, and they are spectacular. Beautiful scent, and uh, I love Christmas candles. I think you guys know that. Anybody that listens to the show knows that I burn them year-round. But they all kind of smell the same, don't they? It's a lot of the same odors. I, I like pine quite a bit, but, you know, there's 15 different versions of a pine candle. This is smoked bourbon completely different they look real good uh h slash t to shining soul and to loud goat for helping us get those out there but all of that stuff will be available this weekend at commonwealth dry goods all right all right let's uh let's dig in let's get started matthew collar is awesome he's great at talking football uh we'll you know check in on his beat but uh sure he has some thoughts on the trade deadline some thoughts on aaron Rodgers, uh and some thoughts on their opponents the minnesota vikings opponents uh, on Sunday, which of course is the uh, streaking 
one of the hottest teams in the league, the Washington Commanders, on a big win streak now ever since Carson Wentz unfortunately went the way of the Dodo. Let's bring him in, and let's keep it moving on the Chad Duke Show. If you're interested in buying or selling a home, there's only one person you should call, and that's Joe Azer. You can reach him at 571-989-2937. That's 571-989-AZER. Good-looking Friday out there to you, everybody. It is the Chad Duke Show. Hope you're enjoying this free episode. You know I'm a capitalist. I exchange goods and services for capital, but not today. Today we give away the goods, and one of the best guests we have on the program to talk some American football, Matthew Collar, joins us from well, the land of the purple. Purpleinsider.com is the website. It's been covering the Vikings for a good long while. You can get the Purple Insider podcast wherever you find all of your fine podcastry. Matthew, great to have you on the Monks Barbecue Hotline, sir. How are you? I am good. Hello, freeloaders. Pay for your stuff, okay? Listen to this one and then pay. It's not a bad call. And I honestly, um, I, the cutting the cord thing is, is so ridiculous because the people that claim to have cut the cord are the most corded people on earth because they're just so into the internet. But um, I tell you what, it has made me feel good about supporting people directly that I enjoy their products. Like, I don't have to pay some enormous conglomerate. Like, I remember when I was at the radio station, Matthew, like, if someone wanted to buy a schedule on my show, it was like $75,000, and I got 400 bucks. You know, like, when, <laughs> when you're doing this, it's like your customers are directly helping you keep the power on at your house, and there's something more rewarding about that. No, I mean, you are preaching to the choir on this one because, you know, one of the things about how I got here to Purple Insider was my radio station failing in part, yeah. not because we didn't have not not because we didn't have people who listen, but because we didn't have uh, enough sales. And and so it wasn't that we weren't giving our audience what, what they wanted with content and and with the shows and, and the people were showing up, but we just didn't have an effective sales plan. And then, like you said, I mean, when you think about how much of the revenue has to go to so many other people, to a program director, to a sales manager, to the salesperson, to the whatever else. And by the time it trickles down, I mean, like, I'm not saying that I was underpaid. I did totally fine for myself. But I think, like, if you're a person who listens to the show and loves the show, you want to give to the person who you're listening to. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's been amazing, though, right? Like to have all the support from the listeners that have come to your show, come back to you know to my show to read my written work and stuff. And uh, you know, I, it's gotten me, it's inspired me to go look for other people who are doing similar things and support them and give them the seven bucks a month or whatever, as opposed to you know to like you said, some of the bigger companies. So yeah, it's been it's been really rewarding actually. I love it. I mean, finding you know, I actually look for musicians that publish their own shit you know what i mean they don't mm -hmm. have a label because you know and it, i learned a lot of it by watching like stupid twitch streamers and facebook streamers it's like well this guy's entertaining me i could throw him a buck and he'll acknowledge it immediately instead of i'm sitting here watching yellowstone and nobody that's ever created this thing will ever know not that i don't still do that but it's just um I don't know. It's a bit eye-opening, is what I would say, and it's uh, it's been fun, and it's great to have. I know you're doing the same thing, so it is great to have you on the show. Um, I never thought when you came on we'd be talking six and one Kirk Cousins led Vikings team, uh, first place in the division, uh, cruising right now. When we look at everybody else falling apart, um, well, let's let's start there. Uh, we have we're very familiar with the uh, the head coach there in Minnesota, here in the Washington D.C. area, and I'm reading about some of these numbers and it looks like Minnesota's offense is not really putting up 
hugely different numbers than they did in years past, but the unit as itself is significantly better. I'm just curious how we got here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's uh, a few different things to, to touch on. I mean, for, for one, you know, they've won six games and five of them have been by one score. Yeah. And in every single one, there were moments where I thought, oh, they're absolutely going to lose this game. <laughs> and 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 they absolutely should have in most of them, probably all of them except for the Bears game where they outplayed the Bears for the entire game. And then the Bears came back toward the end. But aside from that, in every single one of them, I'm not even sure that they were the better team that day, but they won around the margins. I mean, last week, Arizona just gave the game away. A couple of bad Kyler Murray interceptions that were senseless. They fumbled a punt. I mean, they were out playing the Vikings for a good portion of the game and just gave it away on turnovers. And you look at the Vikings turnover differential, it's massive. You look at the penalty differential, it's massive. And those things tend to swing wildly through a season. Sometimes you get the turnovers, sometimes you don't. Uh, the Vikings special teams has been mostly fantastic outside of their kicker, uh, but their units, you know, they're one of the best in drive start. Uh, so, like, those things have kind of fueled this along with an extremely easy schedule. The only team that they beat with a winning record started Skylar Thompson that day, a quarterback. Wow. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, like, and this is how it goes sometimes, right? And in a section of a season, I mean, think about the 2015 Washington former team name redacted. Uh, <laughs> Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins wins what five in a row to end the year, or goes five and one to end the year, gets that team in the playoffs, and you probably thought, wow, this is the team of the future, right? Like this happens within seasons. Kirk Cousins went five and one in 2020 because they faced an easy schedule, and it's always been the case that. When this Vikings team goes up against really inferior teams, they usually come out on top. Uh, and, and so no one is really forcing them <laughs> to be a particularly good team. Uh, but one thing that is happening is regardless of how I can look at it cynically and say, look, they're not even really a good offense or defense. I'm not sure why I'm supposed to, you know, celebrate six and one. Uh, they believe in it, you know, and, and I think that that actually does matter. I mean, when you look at, uh, how they've embraced Kevin O'Connell in particular. I mean, that that is something that can pay dividends as they go forward because I think that this team actually can get better as they go. And and, and so maybe right now it's a little bit sketchy, their, their record, but um, I think that they're a team that can continue to improve because they're so much buying into the results of the early coaching. I think it's funny to hear you characterize that because I think that's why the commanders are have won three in a row, and that's because of – they buy into Tyler Haneke, Taylor Haneke, and I don't, I don't even know necessarily if there's much of a reason to. He's fun, he's fiery, but I mean, it's got the, it's the teardrop throws um, that come down as touchdowns. So how, how is that even possible? And I think a lot of it's the. It doesn't really matter though because the team seems to buy in. But you want to talk about some wins that really don't. They could have gone either way. I mean, twelve to seven over the Bears. You only beat the Packers two points in the middle of their swoon. Look, it's still Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Say what you want. Um, one point over the Colts. It feels like maybe we're talking about a little bit of the same phenomenon happening with these teams. I would have to assume that on paper the Vikings still not only the favorite but the more talented of the two for a matchup like this with with two teams that seem to be kind of smoke and mirrorsing it up for the lack of a technical term what 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 should <laughs> expectations be 
No, you're definitely right about that. Um, and when you compare Taylor Heineke and Kirk Cousins, I mean, you could criticize Kirk uh, for a lot of things, but he's a much better quarterback overall than Taylor Heineke. So if you're talking about two teams that both kind of live and die on the edges with these close games and maybe it goes their way and maybe it doesn't, I mean, the better quarterback you would think would be able to kind of emerge in a battle like this. But I also think that what Washington has is kind of the all-time kryptonite for Kirk Cousins. And nobody knows this better than people in D.C., that when he gets pressured, especially up the middle, it's really not a good time for him. And, and that's usually the kind of if you're trying to pick games, if you just picked which team has an amazing defensive line, oh, yeah, they'll probably upset the Vikings. I mean, that, that's Washington. I mean, these guys, uh, you know, in the interior, specifically Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, uh, they are a massive mismatch for what the Vikings have on the interior. The Vikings right guard is a rookie and right now has allowed more quarterback pressures than any guard in the entire NFL. I mean, that's that's just got to be, you know, Washington salivating, watching tape of Ed Ingram. In fact, we've been talking about should they bench him because he was so detrimental to them last week against J.J. Watt and uh, Arizona. So it's I, I think that, you know, this is one that could very much go either way because of that. And then the other thing, too, is that, you know, Terry McLaurin and Taylor Heineke really seem to have a connection. And I think that that matters a lot. Look at what the top receivers of the last couple teams did against the Vikings. Tyreek Hill went for 160 yards, and then last week DeAndre Hopkins completely dominated them. So I think that even though on paper, and when you go maybe even position by position, you'd say, yeah, I think the Vikings have quite a bit more talent, and who's going to stop Justin Jefferson? And that's definitely true. But also, I think as far as matchups go, um, I, I, I don't love it for the Vikings because of just some of the strengths that Washington has. Talk with me about what happened at the trade deadline. Irv Smith Jr. banged up. Uh, they, I assume this is an upgrade with Hawkinson coming over from Detroit. First of all, trading inside of the division, we're still shell-shocked here locally from you know, Donovan, McNabb, all the different ways that has happened here. It hasn't gone well for this organization. Carson Wentz a couple years removed from the same thing taking place. But, um, you know, all of the – the, the rave reviews that this trade is getting for the, the Vikings and not so much for Detroit as far as compensation goes on paper, Cook, Jefferson, Thielen, and Hawkinson now looks pretty damn good. What are expectations and, and how unexpected was that move? Yeah, I think that that move specifically I didn't have on my radar because of the division thing. And I guess uh, since they made the trade at the draft with Detroit I should have maybe paid more attention to that I just didn't think that Detroit had any reason to move TJ Hawkinson which of course does give you a little bit of pause right where you say like okay they didn't trade him away for that much and he's 25 years old like why did they do that like why was he not fitting in some way but from a Vikings perspective I mean it's hard it's hard not to like it I mean you're talking about a guy who's caught 60 plus passes is extremely good after the catch which helps for those Kirk Cousins checkdowns. And I think that, you know, there's a couple of former tight ends in Washington who helped him quite a bit early yeah. in his career that were similar guys that could really move. I mean, Hawkinson's not a 4-4 guy, but he's kind of a Mack truck. He runs over people. And, you know, this year they just haven't really established anyone but Jefferson. I mean, Thielen has become like an Anquan Bolden when he was 35 or whatever, where he's not going down the field. He can catch everything but he's not going to create explosive plays. K.J. Osborne hasn't carried over what he did, and Irv Smith was just not fitting in. I mean, Smith was coming off of an injury and didn't have the same quickness, but it was clear that Kevin O'Connell really didn't know 
how to maximize his talents or he or his talents just did not fit with what they were doing. So I think this is a big upgrade from that perspective, just giving Cousins someone else he can rely on other than Jefferson, because there have been games this year where if Jefferson is getting the ball, they're scoring. And if he's not, nothing is happening. I mean, look at the Miami game. I think Jefferson had 107 yards receiving and Kirk threw for 175 total. <laughs> I mean, that's been their offense this wow. year. It really has until they started running the ball successfully uh, last week against Arizona. But aside from that, the running game hasn't really been that consistent either. So they really needed another weapon. And also, I mean, it says something to the entire team that they would make this move because their general manager, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, said, that it was going to be a competitive rebuild when he got here, which is like the least inspiring thing I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. And 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 yet this goes this flies in the face of that. Like this is kind of an all-in move. Like, hey, we're going to go out. We're going to get this this really talented tight end that we that we need, and everyone knew that they needed not only because of the injury, but because Smith wasn't fitting. So it really says something to the entire team. And it was interesting to hear Patrick Peterson talk about that yesterday. Because we asked him, like, what does this mean to you? And he was talking about, like, this is a this is a big deal um, to the veteran players who are in their 30s and who, like, see an opportunity at 6-1 and one and with an NFC that's down to go win something. And so it's sort of like a shot in the arm for this team to, to get a player but also get that buy-in from the management. Like, we believe in you. We believe you guys can actually go somewhere. Trade deadline is one messed up game show this year. I mean, this looked like more of an NBA. Is this first of all your thoughts, Matthew? On is this the ram of ramsification of hey, let's just go out and make a bunch of blockbuster trades and win right now and f them picks? But as far as the Aaron Rodgers component of this, I don't. Does Aaron? Does the team hate him? Like it's it's such a weird relationship between those two. He seems to hate the Packers, and the Packers seem to hate him. But they both seem to just sit there and sweat this thing out. But it is comical with the lack of investment in the draft and offensive components. And then you know Devontae Adams comes and goes, and uh, MVS comes and goes. I and mean, this has happened going all the way back. You know, to Jordy Nelson, where, hey, I'd like to keep it. No, we're not doing it. You're just going to have to raise the. Well, finally, they got a group of scrubs where it, you know, and Aaron Rodgers is old and broken down. Maybe. I don't know um, where it's stark raving lunacy to look at what's happening. The Bears are going out there and saying, hey, we believe in Justin Fields. Let's get him a weapon. Um, and, and the Packers won't do that for Aaron Rodgers. I love the two-parter. What, what did you think of the, the crazy-ass trade deadline uh, happenstance? And then what, what do you think of the way Green Bay did nothing? Yeah, I mean, first, I would like to thank the NFL for moving the trade deadline back. And I think that's caused this in a lot of ways. Mm. Because, I mean, when the trade deadline was at week four, I think, for the longest time, I mean, how would you know? If your team was there, I mean, if you went two and two, but your team was trash, like, would you really be sure? I mean, are, are you going to just like, okay, we're four weeks into the season, everybody, we're tanking. Uh, but when you get this deep in and you're, you know, two and six or something, it's much easier to sell to your fans and to the team and everybody else. Like, well, you guys failed, so we're trading this away. I think that teams have also just like behind the scenes, the management, the front offices, like they are thinking in more of baseball or hockey or uh, basketball terms that if you're not first, you're last. And I think that those sports were always, you know, kind of doing this, but have gone to the extreme recently. And the NFL has started to follow along. And, and I think that, you know, for teams also that, uh, you know, you, they're having to look so closely at the salary cap. Right. And so they're saying like a guy like TJ Hawkinson, 
is he going to be worth $17 million a year in two years? Or can we invest that money in a wide receiver or a defensive end or whatever? Like, I think that's part of the Lions thinking and making this move with the Vikings. So teams getting like more savvy about that. Cause I remember even, I mean, years ago, it's kind of like, guys, don't worry about the cap. We'll deal with that or something. And now there's a lot of pressure to manage the cap smartly and manage your timeline smartly and everything like that. So I think that um, it's become more, more interesting because of that. And uh, thank you, NFL. The second part on Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, there is a part of me that's like thinking it's sort of the hot dog soup meme of like, if we could only find, we're, we're all looking for the person responsible for the Packers not getting more receivers. I mean, one is when you keep demanding more and more and more money as Aaron Rodgers, your price goes up and it gets harder to just call the top wide receiver in free agency and be like, hey, come play for us, right? Also, everyone knows Aaron Rodgers. So are the best free agents and things like saying, oh, yeah, oh, I'd love to play with that guy. That seems like a great experience. Um, In the draft, they just wait. Yeah, they waited too long. I mean, the Jordan Love thing, when you go back and look at how Rodgers had played the year before, you kind of understand it. But then they're drafting cornerbacks who haven't become very good and like almost going out of their way to do anything possible not to draft wide receivers, which just in this league does not make any sense. Because look, look around. I mean, Terry McLaurin is making it possible for Taylor Heineke to win football games. Justin Jefferson. I mean, I I think that if you had almost any quarterback who's capable, Justin Jefferson would make that quarterback good. I mean, I I think the receivers are really driving the bus in the NFL and they're being like, no, no, we're good. We're going to draft. AJ Dillon I mean what are you thinking right. it's just like so so I, I kind of see both sides of that like if Aaron Rodgers did the Tom Brady thing and took a contract that was somewhat reasonable maybe they could do better than Sammy Watkins in free agency but in the draft part of it, it is absolutely inexcusable the way that they waited until this year and then said hey rookies go play with the most intolerable quarterback and the guy who's going to hate rookies the most um yeah failure in a lot of levels and i think that when teams win in years past they sort of get this arrogance of like oh everything we do is genius and we 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 just can't lose like anything that we do is the smartest thing right and so all those all all you idiots out there saying we should get a receiver no 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 we're the smart guys so i think there's a little bit of that as well man there was so much of that when shanahan was here and it was just like no no we'll play with rex grossman don't even worry about it we'll play with (laughs) john beck you know it's my system it's not the quarterback they're they're just oh yes pervasive um last night i don't know how much of the game you watch i for some reason i watched the entirety of all the thursday night games no matter how bad they are but um the Eagles showed up and they pulled what I like to call uh, 2021 Kansas City Chiefs, where they just said, we're going to win because we're undefeated. And I don't know if they got punched in the mouth, but it was tied and they were the Texans showed up to play a football game. and They were running the football all over the field. And of course, the Eagles are much better. So they turn it on in the second half and they win. But they've won Jack and Dick. I mean, Jalen Hurts looks great, but he has his, you know, as many Super Bowls as you or I and they they don't they haven't earned the let's just sleepwalk through the first half of a game if they do that against the Dallas Cowboys or they do that against I don't know the Minnesota Vikings or anyone that you think is decent in the NFC I'm not even talking about you get to Buffalo and Kansas City and the rest of Murderers Row in the AFC um they're not going to achieve what they're capable of achieving this year they win they're undefeated they're the best team in the NFC I think you can make an argument for that logically but that that was a little concerning to see, considering how we we've seen it bite the Chiefs in the ass, who have been a buzzsaw for the past few years. What did you make of those results last night? 
Yeah, I did think last night about in the first half about how uh, Arizona, I think, was seven and zero to yeah. start last season, and, and it's a it's a long year. Sure <laughs> we is. all decide that we know everything about the league after like the first five weeks or whatever, but it, a lot can change. Uh, I, I guess I would say though that there's something to be said for if that game happens at noon on a Sunday and we're watching Red Zone. We're like, oh, 14-14, okay. And then, oh, okay, the Eagles blew them out. Like, we don't even think about that, okay. right? Like, it's it's one of those, hey, it's on national TV or whatever, uh, Amazon. Like, we're all watching one game. It's the only game on, so we maybe overanalyze it a little bit. Uh, I think that that team really is um, kind of a beast with the way that they're built. I mean, it's just hard to find, like, where is their weakness? Uh, you know, they, they acquired a cornerback right before – the season starts and the guy's got five picks. It's just like everything has gone right for them. AJ Brown has been unbelievable. And I mean, having watched them dismantle this Vikings team on Monday night football, I was in Philadelphia to see it. Right. I was very impressed. Uh, their offensive line specifically is just a beast. And they didn't have Jordan Davis last night, who I think has been a really good addition for them. And you look around the NFC though, and you go, okay, so who, who is like the teams, right? And there's probably only three or four of them in the entire rest of the NFC. So it's like, who's going to make Philadelphia pay? Uh, you know, it's, it's funny to be talking about already, like how's this going to look in the playoffs? I think there are good teams in the NFC when it comes to the playoffs, but for the rest of the regular season, I don't know anybody who's going to challenge Philadelphia. And I do think that when, if that offensive line is healthy and Jalen Hurts can sit back there, it, I mean, at times it looks like Oklahoma where he's just sitting back there, sitting back there and throwing to C.D. Lamb or something. Um, so I, I do think that they are kind of the class, but I also think what Dallas just did, uh, putting up, what was it, 42 against yeah. Chicago. It's like, yeah, don't don't forget about them, that they were winning with Cooper Rush, and now they have <clears throat> now they have their real quarterback back. Two of them, Dallas's defense can beat anyone in this league almost single-handedly, I think. And I, yep. if Debo and McCaffrey and Ayuk and Kittle and you get Jimmy Garoppolo to play average, uh, Kyle Shanahan can go on the road and win in the playoffs, and he can beat teams that he shouldn't. And they got a guy now that's throwing for touchdowns and catching touchdowns. I, I don't know. like That's a team that I would want to stay far away from if I'm anyone in the NFC, especially if they can stay healthy. The one part about it, though, Matthew, and I've kept you too long, buddy. I apologize. Matthew Collar on Twitter. No, Follow you're, him good. There. you're good. PurpleInsider.com. Um, the, the greatest weapon the Eagles may have, and I've heard people mention it as they're calling the games, but I don't think it gets its due, is their quarterback sneak. If they need two yards, you can't stop Jalen Hurts from getting those two yards. They they pick up fourth downs all the time. They got a two-point conversion last night doing it, and they do it on the goal line all the time. When he does that submarine routine or even jumps up on top of the pile, nobody can stop that, and that's just such an unbelievable weapon that you don't really think a lot about um I, I just think that's something that somebody's gonna have to figure out or they're just going to continue to be able to convert situations that other teams struggle in yeah and i agree with you by the way about san francisco and yeah. guess who the vikings would play if the playoffs started today oh, Lord. san francisco i would pick the 49ers like hands down to come here and beat the vikings uh but you know, when you're talking about Philadelphia, that's what this year is kind of outside of Kansas City, outside of Buffalo. It's the year of the supporting cast, right? Like yeah. in so many years of our lives, it's like, okay, well, who cares who plays with Peyton Manning? I mean, yes, he needs a couple of good receivers and a decent line, but he's probably going to win like 13 games. Tom Brady, like, you know, Belichick always was uh, basically enjoying getting rid of good players there because <laughs> he always knew that Brady could replace them. But if you look around the NFC, 
which quarterback is it that's supposed to elevate everybody around them? And we know it sure, certainly isn't in Minnesota. Um, and it's not if it's not in Tampa and it's not in Green Bay, then where is it? Then it really comes down to do you have a great offensive line? Do you have multiple weapons and not just one receiver that you have to rely on, which is a concern, I think, for the Vikings. And and that sort of uh, speaks to what you're saying about those quarterback sneaks and those the, the different things that they can do with Jalen Hurts and with his running ability. I mean, that guy can truck people. He's, he's kind of a house. I mean, he's very... Uh, very difficult to take down. And then you add this offensive line that is, is a monster there that's just operated by these superstars. And I think that that's, I mean, that's kind of what it's going to come down to is like who's supporting cast plays the best because Garoppolo is a like keep the train on the tracks guy. And I don't think Hertz is, is, you know, quite to the level of elite quarterbacks, even though he's playing extremely well. Um, you know, and, and Dak Prescott, I think, has always been sort of in the Kirk ballpark. If he's not running, he's kind of a little Kirkian in that way. <laughs> Probably better, but but like in the same in the same area of isn't going to be Tom Brady type of quarterback. So now it's whose defense plays better, whose offensive line. It actually justifies every pregame show <laughs> as sure. opposed to just being like, oh yeah, it's the quarterback actually. Uh, now it's like, okay, who's, you know, how does this O-line match up against this D-line and things like that? And I think from that perspective, as much bad football as we have dealt with, um, that makes things kind of interesting. Certainly does. Uh, purpleinsider.com. Check out the podcast, Purple Insider, wherever you find your podcast. Covering the Vikings at Matthew Collar on Twitter as well. Give him a follow. Always great conversation, my friend. Thank you so much for making the time today. Always appreciate it. Sure thing, man. Anytime. My guy, Matthew Collar, everybody. Check him out on the social media. It's the Chad Duke Show. The best barbecue in Virginia can only be found at Monk's Barbecue in Percival, Virginia. Check them out at Monk's BBQ on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and at monksq.com. Many thanks to Matthew Collar for coming on the program. Always does a great job. Purpleinsider.com. Also want to thank my buddy, Joe Azer. Love Joe Azer. He always calls me, um, actually texts me. Whenever I do a, uh, a read for him on the free show, I guess there's a lot of people out there that only listen to the free show, then they hear Joe Azer, and they're like, oh, my God, I heard that you did a read on the the Dukes. He seems very impressed by it. I told him I told him dozens of people listen, so he should be. Um, if you need to buy or sell a home in the Northern Virginia area, I, I really don't even know why you call anybody else. There's so many hucksters out there. There's so many shysters. The people that just let, like a friend of the family or an in-law just be their real estate agent out of guilt and then get fucked over. I know people like that. Hot man Ted. There's been several people like that in my life. Oh, yeah, I'd love to use Joe Azer, but my wife's cousin, he's got an alcohol problem, and he got his broker's license. I'm not saying that happened with Ted, uh, but I'm saying it happens. It's too big of a decision to not trust the pro's pro. And also, Joe's super nice, and he's not a crook. Oh, God, I'm so tired of getting taken advantage of. I'm so tired of ordering shit in the mail and it arrives broken. I'm so tired of ordering shit in the mail and it just uh, the wrong thing arrives. You can't get any customer service on the phone. God, try to get anyone from customer service on the phone from your bank. Try to do it. That's Joe's phone number right there. 571-989-Azer. That's his phone number. You want to talk commanders? You want to talk Taylor Haneke? You want to talk to the Terry McLaurin catch from last week? All that shit. Just text him. But more importantly, looking to buy or sell a home in the area, he's kind of like uh, Vito Corleone in that day. He has all the judges in his pocket. We got to have judges in his pocket. 
Not that I know of, Joe, but he's very connected. Um, but he does have, he knows when the houses are going on sale before they're on sale. And I don't know if you've tried to do this recently, but a lot of buying a house is going around with a bunch of other normies and mouth breathers wearing their camouflage Crocs with their white socks and overbidding. Overbidding for a house with no inspection bullshit. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. And if you need to sell your house, ew, oh, there's nothing more tedious. Nothing more tedious. He's going to take care of all of it. The staging, the photos, all the online crap. Here's what you're going to do. Sign contracts and get paid a big giant pile of fucking money. All right? Joy is the best, and he's been with us here on this show, Tape to Tape, and uh, I love him in that way. He will be out at Flying Ace Farm on, I think it's next Saturday. Yeah, next Saturday, the 12th. That is going to be a hoot. And thank you to him for being a part of the show. Okay, the great Ryan O'Halloran. Uh, we can talk with him about everything. Cal- Calvin Ridley is in Jacksonville. How did this happen? Are you allowed to trade players when they're suspended? Uh, of course, he covered Washington. We can talk about uh, their... The Dan Snyder stuff, I you know I addressed it on the program I think on Thursday, but uh, love the Ryan's take on him consulting with the bank about potentially putting the team on the market. What does that mean? Ryan, by the way, was just in Denver. They just sold. He covered that. He covered a team being sold, so he knows about what he speaks. Uh, you can read him in the uh, the Buffalo News. Uh, the great Ryan Halloran joins us on the Monks Barbecue Hotline next. Friendos, if you're in the area, make sure you visit Commonwealth Dry Goods in scenic Old Town Fairfax. They have the very best in local candles, peanuts, gifts, chocolates, olive oil, hot sauce, along with ice-cold cheer wine, and both types of music on vinyl. You can check them out on Instagram and Facebook at Commonwealth Dry Goods or order online today at CommonwealthDryGoods.com. It is a free football Friday here on the Chad Dukes Show. That's right. This episode's free, but if you want all the goodness throughout the week, it is chaddukeshow.com for less than the price of two cups of Starbucks. Oh, everybody says the same shit. Anyway, joining me on the Monk's Barbecue Hotline, one of my favorite people to speak on matters of professional football with. Of course, uh, used to come on with us in D.C. and from Jacksonville, Denver, now up in the football capital of the Great White North, Buffalo. The uh, Buffalo News is where he plies his trade. Ryan O'Halloran is on the Monks Barbecue Hotline. Ryan, always great to talk to you, bud. How are you? Oh, good, Chad. And before we start off, um, did you partake in the Nashville-style mac and cheese bites? Um, those look tremendous. I did not try those yet. We do a segment, of course, each and every uh, week on my show called the BMI, where filthy food is consumed and then reviewed. Um, no, but I think there was um, that same. Was it Stouffer's that made those? I forget which brand. Yeah, was that? yeah. Well, they, I can't find them up here. So. Oh, really? They're down here. I, it seems to me that you know there's some there's some corpulent gentlemen in uh, up in Buffalo. I'm surprised you can't find that. But uh, there's like six or seven different varieties of that snack product actually that Stouffer's offers. I think we had the I think we had the pizza bites is the ones that we had down here. Okay. Pretty good. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting for the hot stuff to come up here. I, I'm waiting for you to review all the beef on weck places up there. And I my phone has sat silent since you moved there. So we both uh, we both are unfulfilled. Um, all right, well, let's start with this. Trade deadline comes and goes. There was a lot of smoke around the team in Buffalo. Alvin Kamara's name came up. Um, I don't know if there was anybody else they were interested in. Um, they do bring in a running back. It's not the one everybody thought. I'm seeing mixed reviews. They give up Zach Moss and I think a sixth round pick as Hines yeah. comes in to pair with Devin Singletary um what has been the reaction up there do people wish Buffalo was more aggressive did, did they need to be more aggressive 
No, I don't think they did. And a couple fronts is, you know, the one spot where they probably could have added some depth was offensive line. Well, that, that them and 31 other teams, that right. makes it tough to trade. Cause if you have a surplus, you're not going to give it up. You know, Brandon being the general manager, talked to reporters on Wednesday. He admitted he called them McCaffrey, but he wasn't going to meet that price. And um, he said he didn't talk. He, 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 the bills reached out to the saints about Kamara's availability. Never heard back. Well, it means he probably wasn't available. So, you know, now they get Hines. They drafted James cook in the second round this year as that third down guy, catch the ball at backfield. It's had trouble gaining some traction, so they brought Hines in. I, you know, to me, the, the cost is, you know, peanuts. Uh, Zach Moss had been a healthy scratch two weeks ago, so or against Kansas City. So I think they did. They didn't need to do a lot, but I think they did. Uh, they added somebody who's going to help them. The trade deadline, I had Matthew Collar on earlier, and we were talking about it was NBA – Esque. Um, I think that because he brought up the fact that they pushed the trade deadline back, so you kind of have an identity now. You know, if you're a, a buyer or a seller, that helped. I also think, you know, Sean McVay and that group out there just going balls to the wall the past few years, bringing in everybody and winning a championship, that clearly has had some influence. In, in your mind, Ryan, you got Robert Quinn to the Eagles. Of course, McCaffrey, I feel like, started the whole thing up. Kadarius Tony goes to the Chiefs. He had a bunch of big moves. The Roquan Smith ones. On paper, it sounds real good, but boy, that that position group ages poorly, and he's going to want a lot of money. So the Ravens better win a Super Bowl this year. Um, what what was the flashiest move? What was the one that really surprised you? Well, I think I think it is McCaffrey because he has a lot of term left on his contract, and it was for second, third, fourth round picks in that arms race between San Francisco and the Rams. But to your first point, Chad, about McVay and sort of that Rams strategy of f those picks. I think some teams are saying, hey, we can trust our personnel staff to find some diamonds in the rough with undrafted free agency. We might as well trade a fifth rounder if it gets us a veteran for the stretch run, combined with a lot of teams still in it, and then also a lot of teams have cap space. So they're able to add some money uh, late for the second half of the season. A lot of teams used to not be able to do that. So those are the factors. But I'd start with McCaffrey because he's, he, you know, you get him for an extra two games because they made that trade so early. You keep him away from a division rival in the Rams. So I think the 49ers are going to end up winning that division if he stays remotely healthy. Um, then you look at you know, the, the, the commanders. I want to say Redskins. The commanders traded a disgruntled player. So what? Um, then I also look at teams that stood pat. New Orleans should have sold off. Houston should have sold off. So it's sort of like, okay, who was active and did a good job? Who was inactive and did a poor job? But, uh, I mean, 10 trades on Tuesday, I thought it was awesome. I mean, it, it, it dominated the news cycle for that day, all day on TV, radio, internet, and uh, hopefully it continues in future years. The part about it, too, is like the teams that didn't decide to either. I, I don't mind the Bears. The Bears aren't going to go to the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you're watching Justin Fields. I think Bears fans are like, yeah, please continue to lose while this quarterback shows you that he might be the best out of this group. Let's get him a wide receiver that he can throw to because we neglected that in the offseason. I don't even mind that. It's somewhat unique. The, the Hawkinson trade was somewhat interesting because – why, why are the Lions selling on, on that guy at his age? Like, I would have that question. Let me ask you, you were in Jacksonville for a while. Calvin Ridley, who's <laughs> suspended for a whole year for gambling on his own sport, which I don't care about at all, by the way. Um, what, what is That's an interesting play, especially since he's not going to help you at all this year for the long term. I, I did not see that coming. Yeah, I mean, it's unprecedented. 
I mean, when's the last? I mean, I can't remember the last time a suspended player was traded. I didn't. Even, I didn't even know it was allowed. Uh, yeah. Because Ridley, so Ridley had to go into Jacksonville this week for a physical, but he could not say hello or meet anybody from the team. That is bizarre. So, so that that's to me that's like a, you know, uh, a low risk play. Uh, if you're the Jaguars, you're not giving really anything up. If he if he has a great 2023, it's you know that sort of a early day three pick. That one was an outlier, but you know with the Bears, Roquan Smith was not in your future. Robert Quinn was not in your future. Get something for him instead of a maybe a compensatory pick. You yeah. have a ton of cap space. I mean, they have so much cap space. They had to take on a player to meet the salary floor. So they, if they feel they have Justin Fields as the quarterback, they could be pretty active. The Hawkinson thing, I'm not sure what the Lions are doing. I mean, he, he's a free agent after the year, they, or excuse me, fifth-year option. You didn't want to pay him that, but then you trade him inside the division. You're yeah. going to face him maybe 15, 16 times the rest of his career. And we know Kirk Cousins, he likes, he likes tight ends like that. I mean, say what you want about him, but he found success with those guys in Washington. What what about and we were talking about this earlier, but it's it's clearly the most salacious out of all of it. Aaron Rodgers sitting there doing his CM Punk, I'm old, I'm beat up, and I work with children routine, and <laughs> you see Claypool and Hawkinson moving to division rivals. Well, they're just sitting there saying, if you know, it doesn't take that much to win this division. I mean, the Vikings, I wouldn't put them in the top five teams in the NFC, and they're sitting there at the top with one loss. I believe they still have to play them again. If if I don't know. It just feels to me that he doesn't like the Packers and the Packers don't like him. And yet here they sit like an old bitter married couple that stayed together for kids or to keep the house or whatever that it is. Yeah. It is such an untenable situation. And it is so bizarre to watch if you don't have a rooting interest. Yeah. And, and, uh, and they're stuck with each other because of that contract. Oh, yeah. to, to me, it was, you know, I was down there for that Packer Washington game two weeks ago. And he would get done with a series, he'd run off the field, he'd stand there, put the towel around his neck, sit on the bench, look at the Microsoft Surface, and then just sort of stare straight ahead as if to say, what in God's name have I got myself into? Right. Well, you knew exactly what you got yourself into, is with that contract, it was, it was, he wanted a money play. He said, I, one championship, he knew Devontae Adams was on the move, so, but if you're Brian Gutekunst, the GM for the Packers, you're basically telling him, all right, we don't have a lot of flexibility because of what you demanded. Deal with it. Help these young guys get better. I mean, the Packers are three and five. They're going to Detroit this week. I mean, in theory, you think they win because Detroit can't stop anybody. But if they lose that one, oh, that's going to be hilarious. Yeah, Janie brother, I I agree. And everyone keeps bringing up that that Aaron Rodgers wanted to get paid. Well, he he's in the conversation for one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. The the Rams somehow figure out a way to pay everybody like you're throwing Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins out there like figure it out you've drafted cornerbacks for the last 15 years like figure out a way to get somebody I don't know competent like if if, if Tony's getting traded and Claypool's getting traded I, I don't I just feel like you owe it to your fan base you have a window open here where you have one of the greatest quarterbacks who's ever lived there's probably five or six teams that can say that and I understand that it is it is a tangible argument it is it is realistic to say Aaron Rodgers took too much money but other teams figure out a way to get weapons when they have they're paying their quarterback a shitload of funds and I just I don't know it feels like he Rodgers is a villain right now so that it, there's a lot of easy scapegoats when we're talking about why that team is bad because people don't like Aaron Rodgers yeah I mean he was here uh Sunday night against the Bills he still made a couple of throws yeah where you're like good god he's 
elite, elite. Here's the Packers' problem. They have not drafted as well as the Rams after round one. You know, Christian Watson, the receiver, they drafted in the second round. He's been hurt. Uh, they passed on Justin Jefferson, the opportunity to take Justin Jefferson a couple years ago because they wanted to get Jordan Love. Well, they weren't counting on Rodgers winning two straight MVPs, which he admitted. So I think the Packers, Packers have to do a better job of drafting and developing because you look at what the Rams have done is they've built that roster with the mega trade and with drafting and developing and day three picks. The difference that Von Miller has made, it's difficult to look at that team and the record they have last year, but I've watched the Bills a lot this year, and you know he made such a difference for the Rams, and he shows up there. He's at a certain age, and I looked at him like, it's not a one-year deal? Is what, what's going on up there? I don't even know. I mean, it's not an MVP vote situation. I don't think you can go down that road, but there's something that needs to be happened where we acknowledge the effect that the ripple effect that that guy has on all the defenses that he plays for. Can you talk a little bit about the impact he's made since coming to an already, you know, championship caliber team? Yeah, he, you know, and having covered Vaughn in Denver, he has a presence about him in the locker room, off the field, but he also matches that production. And that, mm. that helps him, you know, sort of lead these young guys. Greg Rousseau, former first-round pick, he's already matched his sack total from his rookie year. He's getting fit, you know, so you get favorable matchups when you're playing opposite of Von Miller. He is still a pretty good run defender. He blew up that fourth down play against the Packers the other night. So, you know, he's, you know he, you're right. He's not going to be a defensive player of the year candidate. But, you know, if there was some kind of, like, made-up award of, you know, uh, your best free agent addition because yeah. you combined everything, he would be at the top of the list. And, you know, it was a, you know, a six-year, $120 million deal masked as, a, you know, a three-year, $60 million deal. Well, looking pretty good right now. All right. We've got a um... – I mean, on paper, it should be a, a decent matchup where you have the Jets who are in second place in the division, ha have a division rather, having themselves a nice little season. And I don't want to, you know, you don't want to disrespect wins. I feel like sometimes, especially doing sports talk radio for as long as I did, you get into the habit of, well, that team stinks. It doesn't matter what their record is. Well, you still got to line up and go win games and covering the, the Washington for as long as I have. I mean, there's so many times where Washington could have won a game and there's a fumble on the one-yard line or there's a you know 12 men on the field and they bleed clock or whatever it is. You're like, oh, my God, of course you lost because you're a rambling wreck. You know, you get out there, you play hard. Every once in a while, the ball goes in your favor. After Brees Hall's injury, I just I didn't have much faith in them in the first place, and now I have even less even after the trade for Robinson. This I, I don't know. I, I just feel like I think it's four in a row against the Jets for Buffalo. I just feel like the Jets are of no consequence without Brees Hall, and that sounds disrespectful. But that's just the way I feel. No, that's the reality. Uh, I mean, this was your offensive rookie of the year favorite when he tore his ACL. It's a monster. And you, you're you're right. You're right, Chad. About the schedule, you play the team that shows up that week, you know, they say, well, they, they beat the Dolphins without Tua. Well, you still got to line up and beat them. They, they beat them 40 to 15. Take advantage of the schedule. They face the Steelers, who are terrible at the time, with Trubisky. They won in Pittsburgh. But, yeah, I think I think the Jets crashed down to reality last week. They're going to have to lean on Zach Wilson. That's not a good formula for success. Nope. You know, teams, if teams get ahead, that takes away the effect. That takes the impact sauce. Gardner can have a corner. Quentin Williams can have as an interior pass rusher. You know, the, the, the Bills are 6-1, the Jets are 5-2. Five, five Bills are a 13-point road favorite. I mean, 
What does that say? So, yeah. and I think the Bills, I think the Bills are going to pound him. I, I have it like thirty-one to twenty with like a garbage time touchdown. I think the only reason why it wouldn't even be worse than that is if they just start putting in backups in the third quarter. Uh, did you watch the Amazon game last night? I did. I did because um, I watch football over World Series hundred times out of a hundred. <laughs> CFL, but uh, I mean, it's a, it was a typical. I mean, the Texans have a running back. Who Dude, is a weapon? That kid is. I mean, the angry one. I'm. I, I like. Uh, I, I like that football morning show, but I feel like the angry runs bit is just being forced down our throats so much during the season now. But that Damian Pierce kid had one last night where he gets leveled, and he's so strong in the hips and the quads that he just doesn't go down, and he keeps running, and he's stiff arming. And I'm like, this dude is. A juggernaut, um, and he went yeah. what buck thirty nine, twenty seven carries last. I actually like the Texans. Levy Smith, man, he he has them ready to play. Like they went out there, they were not impressed by the Eagles. The Eagles are a much better team, and they're not trading off players right now. Like they, they're in a different spot. But the Texans, you know, did not go out there and do the finger poke of doom. They they fought them, and uh, I said this earlier, Ryan. I don't know how you feel about it. The Chiefs have kind of earned the right to fall asleep at the wheel every once in a while and roar back in the second half. Um, I don't think Philadelphia has earned that right. And so they they better be careful they don't play somebody better than Houston and try to pull what they pulled in the first half last night. Yeah, and and, and I don't I don't I don't bet on NFL games because I just feel like I know enough where I, you're burning money but the Thursday night games are just a total stay away yeah. because because you, you know especially when the, the the underdog teams playing at home you're probably gonna have one of your bigger crowds of the year and you know Philadelphia is like okay we'll walk in there we'll get our work in then we'll be looking ahead to the weekend off Eagles woke up I mean they're the better team by far but uh you know Houston's you know Houston's gonna play hard they may be winning, you know, another game or two. Then they'll make a decision. I mean, to me, if you're in the top five, you're taking a quarterback. I don't care who you have right now. But, but yeah, I think you're going to see these Thursday night games as teams continue to get more and more beat up is they really are a little bit of a toss-up. Pierce is projected to have 1,441 yards, average 4.6 yards per carry, and also 43 receptions. Fantasy-wise, is he a top five pick next year? I think so because he's on my team right now. So <laughs> You're eating good. I think I, I think I got him in my keeper keeper round, so I'm going to hang on to him. You know, and you mentioned his running style is when he gets the football, he's in a bad mood. Yeah, and he's going to take it out on guys. What I hope for him and what I fear for him is that by the time the Texans may get functional, he's just going to be banged up. Do, do you remember a running back? He was a, a practice squad guy. His name was Ben Gay. And he used to play for the he used to play for the Cleveland Browns, and I'll never forget that the, I think the Browns are playing the Redskins in the preseason. And Theismann said, "When this guy gets the ball, he's all knees and elbows," and, I, and that always stuck with me because it's like, "Oh God, I would never want to try to tackle someone that's all coming at you knees and elbows." And that's what I felt like watching that kid Pierce run last night. It's just like, I don't. Where am I going to grab you from? Um, all right, look. Oh, Dave Butts died. Shit! Did you see that? Yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. I, you love Dave Butts. All right, I just saw that. Sorry. Apologies. Um, yeah, this is taped earlier. Um, talk to me about, uh, well, I have you, the, the Snyder bit where the he's hiding, the hiring hiring the Bank of America. Uh, you know, Jim Irsay's out there. Jim Irsay's kind of an odious guy, too, and I don't know. Everybody kind of rallied around him. I'm like, you know, the, the skeleton's probably chattering around in that dude's closet, allegedly. Um, do, do you think this actually 
happens. Snyder just works differently than any other human on earth. So I don't know if he would do this just to get positive press on the ESPN crawl. Like so much of what he does is kind of motivated by things you would think that would not be intrinsic to the owner of, of a team like this. The open value, people just throwing Bezos' name around. They've been doing that for two or three years now. I don't know why anyone's surprised. I know you're not here, but you were in the eye of the hurricane, as such as, as I was, for many, many years. Um, what was your initial reaction when you saw that story? Well, a couple. Let's start with Jim Irsay. You know, he pops off in New York. Then he talks again last week. He does not do either of those interview sessions about Roger Goodell knowing about it. Hmm. So I'm not sure if Roger was looking for volunteers. Uh, Jim Irsay, so they can investigate me. All my stuff is out there. Fine. I, I, I like the honesty. Yeah. Teams do not hire banks for future transactions and then don't put the team up for sale. So, and covering a sale with the Broncos earlier this year, um, they went up for sale March 1st. And they were adamant. We've hired this financial firm. They're going to run it. And then now you, you're you not going to hire a Bank of America and pay them a load of money and then say, eh, yeah, maybe later. So, and I don't even think it's an issue of he's looking to sell off shares to create some cash because, A, who would want to buy into something where he's still running the show? Nobody. Because there's not going to be any assurances that they're going to be able to buy his shares later. So I think if you're if you're the league office, you want this to be a full 100% sale. It's going to set a record. Let somebody else come in, deal with the politicians, work on a stadium deal, bring some respectability back to the franchise. But to me, when that came out the other day, I was stunned. I thought, I thought they were going to have to take that team away from him kicking and screaming. Me too. And they may still have to. Well, the the thing is, though, I mean, we all remember the quote, Ryan, where he was talking about changing the team name and it's over my dead body. And here we are. They're the commanders. I, I wonder whoever buys it, if they just say, look, um, would they change the name already twice in two years? We're going to go ahead and change it three times in three years yeah. to get out of this. Um, I, I see so much happiness online. I, I just don't know why anyone. It's been so chaotic for 2025 years now other than you know the short when when gibbs was here you can go ahead and that's a little island in the stream like kenny and dolly but the chaos has been the letter of the day bedlam and uh, disappointment so anyone that's now sitting here and celebrating and putting the cart before the horse I, I think they're deluding themselves a little bit yeah it was premature and but that's what fans do that's why they're called fans yeah and, you know um it you know the, they they made sure to carefully word the statement so they can at least leave themselves open to interpretation and speculation because that's what that franchise does. So, but I think that's you know ultimately a sale is where it's trending, and you don't you know who knows what the hell is going on behind the scenes between the investigations and the league, and you know maybe Snyder feels this is his way to cash out. Uh, you know, he'll, you know, he'll command a record price as he should, because the NFL is the king in the world, quite frankly. So, but, uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you as, you know, people are saying, well, this is a new day. Well, no, the new day is when you have a new owner sitting at the podium saying, I'm in charge now. 
and sure as hell not wearing those all-black uniforms like they're going to do against the Vikings. They look like the Iowa Hawkeyes, or if you go back and look in 2007, and I took so much shit online when I posted this, people were like, you're a hater. Like, No, no, no. There's an, there's an Arizona Sun Devils alternate uniform that they wore in 2007 that is the same uniform. I mean, you could make the comparisons about the Steelers and Iowa and all that, that stuff that you want, but they're, they're almost identical, and it's – I just, I mean, you don't have to sit there. I didn't think people kept saying Ryan through that whole uh, mess, like keep the spear on the side of the helmet, keep the the face. I'm like, no, no, no. You got to get away from anything that's Native American imagery if you're going to do this. But there's still so many amazing ways they could have continued to pay homage to the history of the franchise when times were better, and then just to trot out there and look like that. Even the Florida State uniforms, the ones they wear with the whites, with the whatever that is—not burgundy, it's not maroon. I don't know what it is, and it's got the oh, dark. Dude, just it's the it might be the ugliest uniform. I you know what? When they played the Panthers and the at the very beginning of the league, and the Panthers were wearing those teal jerseys, and Washington was wearing those white jerseys, I was like, this is the worst on-field uniform combination I've seen watching football for forty-two years. Well, and remember when, when I when I, and we talked about this last time when I first saw him, you know, what my first thought was a they suck and then b what is this any given Sunday with Oliver Stone? I mean, it was like the Miami Sharks or whatever the hell they were called back in the day. But but yeah, I mean, to me, let's say that let's let's hypothetically say the team is sold and a guy comes in next year or whatever. There is no bar to meet. There is no standard to meet. I mean, you have a blank canvas and people are going to like give you a grace period of maybe half a decade, change the name, change the uniforms, knock down the stadium, work with the politicians, get something so this this franchise is back to being respectable. It is crazy that they're going to have a new stadium, possibly in a new state. New, I mean, in the next five years, the, the potential trade and culture shift. Whether, But take a look at Carolina. You, you get a new ownership group, and you're like, everything's going to be better. Sometimes... <laughs> Sometimes it ain't better. I'm not saying that just getting Snyder out of here wouldn't be good for good sake, but it doesn't mean you're going to the playoffs the next year. And I hope people well, remember that. And that's 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 that that is uh, something accurately is the change is great, but that doesn't guarantee success. Nope, not at all. All right, you'll have success if you uh, if you follow Ryan at Ryan O'Halloran on Twitter. The Buffalo News always great when he catches up and talks some foosball with us. Ryan, have a wonderful weekend, my friend. I hope you find those Nashville chicken bites. Thank you so much for the time. All right, Chad, take care now. That's our guy, Ryan O'Halloran, on the Monks Barbecue Hotline. It's the Chad Duke Show. The Virginia Pizza Crusade is on a mission to find the best slices in the Commonwealth. To keep up with the reviews, be sure to follow the Virginia Pizza Crusade on Instagram at Virginia Pizza Crusade. Many thanks to our old friend, Ryan O'Halloran, for coming on the program. One of my favorite individuals. I think he's been on every show I've ever done. I think I said that the last time he was on. Come on, Big Owen Dukes. Um, definitely came on LeVar and Dukes. Definitely came on Chad Dukes versus the world. He probably came on Washington Football Tonight. Me and Grant Paulson hosted a show for cup of coffee, Washington football tonight. I love doing that show. All football. Baseball sucks. I watched last night. I was trying to figure out you people. And I have to say the Philadelphia Phillies uh, uniforms, spectacular. The uh, the ones that look there, the Mike Schmidt era, night straight out of the 70s. Love them. But uh, my God, I could not have been more bored. And I remembered, I was like, God, I remember doing Washington football tonight where I didn't have to pretend like this shit mattered. It was uh, was a lot of fun. So, um, 
yeah, the Astros or the Phillies, they can both go take a pardon the harsh language. If your kids are listening, they can both go take a long walk off a short pier. I don't like being profane. Uh, one last thing quickly, and I hope you enjoyed uh, Free Football Friday. Brand new, fresh episode on Friday. We do that from time to time here. Drop it on you. Jimmy Jester does a great job of hosting kind of our uh, wrap-up show, some of the highlights of the week each and every week. I love it when he does it. But uh, every once in a while, we like to mix things up, keep it cannivative, provocative. Um, if you enjoyed Free Football Friday, uh, we talk a lot of football on the show, but we talk about all the movies and food and video games, all types of fun stuff. Go to ChadDukeShow.com and sign up for a moment or two. You might, uh, you might enjoy it. You never know. I'm here to say this. I love Halloween, and I love Thanksgiving, but I am sick and tired of the Christmas celebration embargo that you motherfuckers put out there on Facebook, on social media. It's too early for Christmas decorations. Oh, you're disrespecting Thanksgiving. Oh, my God, I can't believe this. I went to Macy's, and they had a tree... Can you find something to complain about that is worth complaining about? What in the shit does Christmas decorations have to do with whether or not you can enjoy your life? I love that John Norman still bitches about Christmas music. You don't have to hear one second of Christmas music, Jack. I haven't turned on a radio and listened to a radio station in two years. Do you know how many different stations there are in just Sirius XM? I like the Grateful Dead. If I want to, I can listen to the Grateful Dead 24 hours a day. There's a Grateful Dead station on Sirius XM. No free plugs. We're not even talking about Spotify. By the way, if you're looking for some Christmas music, pretty goddamn good list up there. I'm blaspheming quite a bit. Chad Duke's show Christmas playlist. Go check it out. I'll get paid for it. I got some great playlists up there for the Chad Duke show. Go check us out on Spotify. You will not be sorry really good stuff and not the same horse shit you hear every year i love thanksgiving as much as anybody might be the single greatest day of the year if you're talking about just days singular days not seasons thanksgiving greater than christmas greater than halloween very difficult to say those are two of my favorite days of the year but it's all of the fun of christmas with none of the baggage i don't have to run around finding gifts for everybody Million kids fucking with their sticky fingers, poking me in the air, sitting at the table. It's food. It's the best food, by the way. Why we only have that Thanksgiving meal once a year is completely beyond me. It's football, and then it's taking a nap, getting up, getting hammered, watching the late game. I, there's nothing that I would rather do. And for me, I do it every year at the Outer Banks. I'm in my favorite place on earth. I look forward to that weekend more than any weekend of the calendar year, July 4th, birthday weekend, kickoff of the NFL, summer movies, whatever you want to throw in there, Super Bowl, whatever long weekend you want to throw in there, sorry, Thanksgiving trumps it. But how in the shit, there's no, there's, Thanksgiving doesn't have a season. Christmas and Thanksgiving, man, they're the Legion of Doom, they're the road warriors, they're hawking animal. I get, I get excited to see Christmas lights. Oh, look, something festive, something positive, something upbeat. Go take a tour around Twitter, John Norman. I see the way you conduct yourself on there. You're a miserable bastard, and I love you. The influx of negativity 
that we all have on a regular basis that we never had before because we're all plugged into social media and we see what everybody thinks all the time. I don't want to get cornball peanut special here, but you don't have to make Christmas commercial. You don't have to do bad fruitcake shtick. You can celebrate it any way you want. Me, I like getting the lights up early. I like having the music pumping in the house, pumping in the store. I like the smells. Smells are the best. Pine. Snowflake. Christmas candles, man. Reason for me to keep going. There are days in February and there are days in July. My big fat ass sitting there saying, man, death looks pretty good. It's going to feel like sleeping in. And you know what? You're like, Let me light this little Christmas candle here. Let me just get a little scent. Let me play a little rocking around. Little Brenda Lee. Helps me keep on chugging along. What's wrong with that? People just sitting there online being cantankerous shitheads. You can, you, you, we can customize our own experience. Now, I'm going to have to put up with the World Cup during Christmas. I care two shits about the World Cup. I'd rather buy a Peloton than watch one second of a, pro, of a, a World Cup game. And it's going to be all around Christmas. But you know what? I'm choosing not to let that bum me out. And you could do the same. And also, you could stop gatekeeping when people are allowed to celebrate shit. I don't celebrate May the 4th be with you. I think you guys are all hacks. I think you took something fun. It was kind of underground for old school Star Wars fans. And it's been completely Jar Jar Binks'd. What are those little Porkins things? In the fucking Last Jedi movie, they thought they were going to sell a bunch of toys for the biggest abomination to mankind. That That's May the 4th be with you now. But whatever. Go ahead and enjoy yourself. It's not for me. I might have one snarky tweet. Maybe one. Boy, you guys sure fucked this thing all up. This used to be a lot of fun. I don't get it. I don't get the forced negativity. And I think it's because people want to be edgy. I think it's the, oh, hot dog is a sandwich and there's no debate. I, I think people like to get yelled at. I think they like to have their peckers stretched out and get slapped with a ruler. I've known some guys like that. Oh, candy corn is the... People love tearing down institutions too, don't they? Candy corn is the worst thing I've ever had. In my life. I hate candy corn. Okay, who's forcing you to eat it? Peeps. Oh my God, I can't believe people like peeps. Yeah, my grandparents used to give me peeps. I have fond memories of it. I get it. I'm not... Uh, I guess you're Lemmy from Motorhead. And I'm just sitting over here, John Cougar Mellencamp, eating my peeps and enjoying myself. Eggnog is the most disgusting thing. Then don't drink any, you fucking shithead. Then don't have any. There's plenty of other beverages. Have some of that Trop 50. You get a nice orange juicy taste with half the calories. That should make you happy. You like posting your workout routines enough. You're still fat. God Fucking bless how many people I have on my timeline that are still fat posting about how much they work out. Woo! There is something I'd like some righteous indignation about on social media. Merry Christmas. Go enjoy it any way you like. All right. Uh, I got to think of a big verbal nod again out to Joe Azer at uh, Money Monk. I want to give a big verbal nod out to Jim Jester for helping me out today, uh, editing some shit up. Uh, Matthew Collar, Ryan O'Halloran. And of course, everybody that subscribes, do me a favor, even if you're a cheapskate, Skinflint, go to wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave a five-star review. There's um, there's about 20 shitheads out there that whenever I do anything, they got to go trash it online, leave a zero-star review. It knocks the numbers down. They do it to my store. They do it to my podcast. They do it to everything that I do. And I get it. 
you know, if you're going to have strong opinions, people are going to, there's going to be people out there that dislike you. But uh, those of you that do enjoy all of this, uh, even if you don't want to spend dime one, you can go leave a little five-star review, nice little review on there. Uh, leave a review for the shop, leave a review for the Facebook page, all that stuff. That is free. And that is a great way to support small business. I try to do that as much as I, whenever I try to use Yelp now, I try to only do it for positive reviews unless I've really taken it up the tailpipe. Unless it's really been something unfortunate. All right. Um, all right, that's it. Uh, brand new episode on Monday. I'll be working at Combo Strike on Saturday. So swing on by and pick yourself up a sweatshirt. Got the big com- uh, event coming up on uh, next Saturday out of Flying Days Farm. And of course, please do be heading over to at Chad Duke Show on Instagram, at Chad Duke's Show on Facebook. All right, you guys have yourselves a wonderful weekend. Thank you so much for listening. And if the good Lord is willing, the creeks don't rise. I'll see you guys on Monday for a brand new episode of the Chad Duke Show. Roll out of the trash cans. When I get my stacks.